It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to a very special From the Depths of the Air Canada Center. Yes, it's still Air Canada Center. I don't like to say the new name. Uh, (laughs) Locked On Podcast Network crossover. It's rare we get to do this, but... The Milwaukee Bucks locked on host, or at least one of the two, is here. Also covered for the Athletic. It's Eric Name. What's going on, buddy? Nothing much. Uh, for everyone that's going to be listening to this for Locked On Bucks, let me do this real quick. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. Sorry, I had to get that out of the way real quick. Uh, no, that's perfect. Just want to make sure everyone feels at home as we're doing a crossover podcast. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Frank, but it's I'll okay. try to fill in. We've done podcasts before, back when they played in the playoffs. They should know you. Yeah, should know me at least. My yes. dulcet tones. Uh, the Raptors just lost the Milwaukee Bucks. The Bucks just beat the Raptors 105-92 in, look, man, it's a regular season game, so I don't know how much I want to get that, like, up in arms about it if I'm a Raptors fan or how much I'd like to revel in it if I'm a Bucks fan. Maybe you want to. Revel all you want, I guess, but uh, there was a lot of stakes coming in. There was standings. There was tiebreakers. There were, you know, I guess the weird flip-flop of the tie at the top of the conference is now dealt with, at least for now. The Bucks are a game and a half up. Uh, and they have, I think, three games in the loss column now on the Raptors. This was a big one for standings purposes. And the Raptors kind of duffed it, man. It was uh, not an encouraging performance whatsoever. The starting lineup in particular, Nick Nurse kind of called a note after the game, uh, saying that the starting lineup, while great individually, all of the guys, all the pieces in it are pretty good. Uh, it was not, they're not really clicking right now, and that's, that's fair criticism. They've not been clicking the last little while here, and... Uh, kind of showed tonight the only guy in the starting five who really had like an efficient night was Pascal Siakam and a lot of that came with playing with bench units uh what was your I guess takeaway from this game above all else what was your sort of thing that you're walking away from um I, I mean for me it's it's literally going into it last night on our podcast I said this game is huge mm-hmm. I think it's undeniably huge and you know, I had a, a number of Bucks fans. I ran a poll on Twitter today that you know pushed back on it. And we're like, you know, it's just one of eighty-two. Like, it's you know, it's a fun test. But are they all coaches? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it's not a huge game, and you know the the thing that I. Yeah. 
<laughs> and the the thing that I kind of kept going back to was whether or not you want to say this is a huge game or whether or not you think the tiebreaker will ever come into play because mm-hmm. it, it very well might not mm-hmm. and again to have two teams have the same record after 82 games not all that like it's not not going to happen all that often like yeah. i understand all of that but just the idea that this bucks team came into the air canada center and beat the raptors twice mm-hmm. And obviously beat them a third time when both Giannis and Kawhi were out. But the fact that you have that going into the playoffs, whether or not you end up as the one seed, whether or not the Raptors end up as the two seed, three seed, four seed, wherever either of those teams end up, Mm -hmm. you know you can come in here and you can beat the Raptors. And you can beat the Raptors at full strength. Lowry played in both games. Uh, Leonard played in both games. I should say Jonas did not play. So Valanciunas not in this one tonight. But, you know, you came into the Air Canada Center and got wins. Mm -hmm. And... That's difficult. Yeah. It, like it, this is a really tough place. The last to, two Raptors home losses to the Bucks. Correct. Yeah. And like and they had just won ten straight at home, mm-hmm. so they they haven't lost in a while here. And the Bucks just came in and took care of business tonight. And like I said, maybe it won't matter. But the fact that at the end of the year, the Raptors know they don't just have to tie you; they have to. Get over the top. You essentially add an extra game to your cushion. Mm-hmm. You go out and you have this confidence. And, I mean, for me, it's really hard not to see this as a huge game. And it's a huge win for this team. I like, I was arguing with Matt Velasquez about this a little bit tonight, but I don't think they're going to have a bigger regular season game. Yeah. Like They have one against the, the Celtics coming up, but I don't think that's going to be bigger. Like I think these are the top two teams in the East, and that's how it's going to play out this year. And to have that advantage over them is huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like just like the psychological aspect as well. Although I wonder if because the Raptors maybe you know have a bit more experience because they have Kawhi and Danny Green, guys who've been there, Serge Ibaka, uh, Kyle Lowry's obviously been in the playoffs many years in a row to varying degrees of success. But sure. uh, like I wonder if maybe the psychological aspect of like. The Raptors kind of having it over the Bucks would have been more than say the Bucks holding it over the Raptors. You know what I mean? Because I feel like the Raptors. It's really weird because I feel like the Bucks right now resemble a lot of what the Raptors were last year, right? Where it's like this team no one really expected to be that good, and they're just so obviously kicking the piss out of everybody, and are pretty undeniably the number one team in the conference right now. But I still. Even when I watched the Raptors, and there were a couple of stretches of the game tonight where it was, they had those moments where it's like, oh, damn, like this team is really, really dangerous when it wants to be and when things are clicking. And I think they were down like 24 at one point and cut it to six within like five minutes or something yep. like that. And those are the kind of stretches where, if I'm a Raptors fan, those are the stretches I'm holding on to and saying, hey, like this is a team that has a very high ceiling. Whether or not they hit it all the time, I'm not sure it matters just yet. They're still working guys back in the lineup, still no Jonas Valanciunas, still Kawhi and Kyle having gone pretty much a whole month last month without playing each other, playing with each other. Yeah. I think it's still a bit of a feeling out process there. Um, but, like, I think Raptors fans, uh, if my timeline is to be believed, uh, you know, a lot of them are pretty pissed off right now and are kind of concerned. Um, just uh, before we get into some more Bucks focused stuff, let me throw it to you. You know, looking at the Raptors, is there anything that about how the Raptors played tonight, how they played recently in games you've seen of them, that like is giving you some pause about their status as one of the top two teams in the East? No, not really. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I we have just, hot takes here on uh, <laughs> on this lockdown yeah, crossover. But uh, but like I said, I mean, maybe my hottest take is that these are the one and two teams in the in yeah. the Eastern Conference. Like I don't know that everyone agrees with that because uh, people always want to put the Sixers and always want to put the Celtics in, yeah. and you know. I've said throughout this entire season that there's two teams that know themselves, 
know themselves well, and are playing like they know each other. Mm-hmm. And it's the Raptors and the Bucks. And again, as you mentioned, the Raptors have had injuries, they've had some ups and downs, but overall, they they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They trust Nick Nurse. There, there's a level of comfortability there that they can just kind of get through all of this. So, no, not really. Like, I, I mean, I think Kawhi is still incredibly difficult to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, every time I see him, I think, good God, that man is strong. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he had one possession tonight where he, like, got it knocked away from him, recovered it, like, pushed it ahead of himself, regained his dribble, drove for a lefty finish, and it was just like... Okay. Yeah, yeah, you could just do that when you want. That's that's wild. There and there was a there was a pull up he had on Brogdon where he did that kind of patented Kawhi like it's like push 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 and then all of a sudden just stop. Yeah. And Brogdon goes like five feet and it's like <laughs> Malcolm Brogdon he's a big dude like mm-hmm. Malcolm Brogdon is strong like this isn't like a true point guard you just push that far off and dudes just bounce off Kawhi. So, to me, he's really impressive. Uh, Lowry, like you said, up and down, but I think he's very good. And then, you know, tonight, I think not getting to see Danny Green for more than 12 minutes. Yeah, he had the uh, bit of the poops from, (laughs) apparently, apparently that's what was That's what I hear. So, so not not great for him. Not a fun (laughs) night for him. Uh, But, and then every time the, the Bucks play the Raptors, Siakam goes up. He had a career-high 30. He had, I think, the second-highest in, in his career at 28 tonight, yeah. if I remember correctly. So he's had his two best games against the Bucks. so that should be terrifying. Yeah. And then essentially what these games always tend to come down to is how good Serge Ibaka plays against the Bucks. Yeah. And tonight he was 4 for 15, and he got a bunch of open looks, including a corner three that the Raptors got exactly what they wanted late in the fourth quarter, and he just missed. Mm-hmm. So to me, I, nothing about this Raptors team surprised me. I don't really have a lot of questions about them. I yeah. think they're very good, and they're going to be very good for this whole year, and the Bucks are going to have to deal with them for whenever they see them in the playoffs and for the rest of the season. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Yeah, I think if I have any questions right now, it's maybe just kind of been spawned in the last 20 minutes since Nick Nurse talked because he sounded kind of alarmingly concerned about the starting five, which for me, like, has been a lineup that I've been pretty comfortable with all season. Sure. Uh, but, like, there were some possessions late in this game. After the bench kind of brought the Raptors back in it, the the second the, the starters come back in with Fred in place of uh, Pascal Siakam, and there were, like, three or four possessions in a row where nobody moved on the Raptors' offense. Like, full possessions where it's like they're passing like it's water polo, just, like, stagnant, just, like, tossing it around. They ended up getting a couple shots out of it somehow. Fred hit a three. Uh, Kawhi had that crazy uh, drive as well during that sequence. But just, like, not much in the way of fluidity, not much in the way of off-ball action. That's a little bit concerning to me. But at the same time, like, I keep coming back to this, and I have for the last couple weeks. Whenever Jonas Valanciunas is back, 
at least to me, like, it's going to be fine. Serge Ibaka played 39 minutes tonight because the Greg Monroe experience is uh, very much, it's run its course. He played one minute tonight, got yanked, and did not come back in again. In that one minute, I believe he got cooked by George Hill on a switch, and that was about it. Giannis came back in, Pascal came in to play backup center, which was great. Let's see that more often. Let's get rid of the Greg Monroe minutes. Hopefully he's not around the corner. I feel bad, um, but because he's got nice eyes and he seems like a nice fellow, but man, he just, he is not working right now. Um, and I think once Jonas Valanciunas comes back, he was hanging around tonight. He practiced all week. It sounds like he's working towards a comeback within the next week or so. Um, it, it just, once that comes back into the Raptors lineup, there's going to be just, is not going to have to play 39 minutes against tough competition the entire night. He's going to get to rest. Valanciunas is going to cycle in, and I'm a little bit more confident that's all going to work. From the Bucks side of things, what the hell? Is, the DJ Wilson is a thing now? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Um, first off, I can confirm Moose is a great guy. He's yeah. the best. Uh, from his time in Milwaukee, he's the absolute best. But, yeah, I mean, DJ Wilson, I don't want to say won the Bucks this game, but he certainly swung it yeah. in that direction. Just the the fact that in – really, and he had struggled. It looked like when they played in OKC on Sunday, I thought for a second – Okay, the DJ Wilson story was fun. It was nice, but maybe these more athletic teams, these better teams at the top, maybe the those moments will be too big for him. Especially in a place like OKC, it's just like this, very loud, and it's a lot for a young guy to take in. And you know, I thought to myself, okay, maybe there's some questions here. Like mm-hmm. maybe you have to worry about this a little bit. And then he has that great game against Detroit, and then he follows that up here tonight with a career high 16 points hit some huge threes, and really just, I mean, we, we talk about it on Lock on Bucks, but, you know, he's he's just kind of the guy that comes in and takes care of business, and it's really important because Ursani Lesova is starting to look more shades of washed as the day goes by <laughs> uh, because he only plays six minutes tonight. He, he did not look good in those six minutes. Typical Raptors destroyer Ursani Lesova as well. Yes, no. nice development if you're a Raps fan. Yeah, no, he was, he was not... He was not good at all tonight. So uh, you get some huge minutes from DJ Wilson. And, I mean, that's one of many things that stands out, especially in a a game where Giannis has foul trouble the entire night. Mm -hmm. Or I should say the entire second half. But he picks up four really quickly. He picks up his fifth, uh, what, 50 seconds into the fourth quarter. Smart play by Siakam as well. Just like, he almost like willed that foul. He's like, I'm getting fouled here and it's going to be great. No, he he was going to get that foul. And, you know, when Giannis goes out most nights, I, I shouldn't say that the Bucks can't handle it, but in this moment, mm-hmm. as you're thinking about this team in this arena, for the Bucks to be like, no, Giannis, yeah. it's all good. Mm-hmm. We got this. We're, yeah. we're going to win this game. And, you know, that's exactly what they did. And DJ Wilson was huge and a big part of that. But I really thought, the, I mean, Chris Middleton tonight. Seven of nine, yeah, eighteen points. You, you literally—I don't know if you could be more efficient if you tried. Mm-hmm. Four assists, six rebounds, two steals, uh, and in that fourth quarter, they were out of sorts. As Giannis went out, and you could tell the first possession or two, they're trying to figure out what the hell are we going to do. Like yeah. that, the Raptors are coming. We're not a hundred percent sure how we're going to get through this. Mm-hmm. And Bud talked about it post game, but he said essentially we just simplified everything and said, Chris. Your show, yeah. Go to work, and uh, there there was a sequence where I, I honestly don't know if he added to his stat sheet at all during the sequence, but every single possession started with him. He broke the defense down in some way, and then he would kick it either to the opposite corner, 
the opposite wing, and then that would mean Bledsoe was attacking a closeout. That meant Brooke Lopez was attacking a closeout. That meant Malcolm Brogdon was attacking a closeout. And we talk so often with the Bucks in the past about, you know, you have Giannis that bends the defense the first time, and then you have second-side attackers. And so often I think Bucks fans like to think of Middleton as a second-side attacker. That, mm-hmm. Okay, Giannis or someone else can bend the – Bledsoe can bend the defense, and then Chris can attack that. And this was – Chris is the guy – it is his moment, and he is going to attack right now. Yeah. And the Raptors know it. The Bucks aren't wearing anything fancy. There's no misdirection. It is Chris Middleton with the ball in the middle of the floor. Let's go. Yeah. Like let, Let's see what you can do. And every time he was getting some sort of advantage, kicking out and getting them back on track. And, you know, I thought that was – that was kind of the moment where, uh, Sean, you may or may not know, Bucks fans uh, tend to question whether or not Chris Middleton plays well in big games, if he's, uh, he's a good enough number two. I'm sure you've probably had conversations like that about Kyle Lowry maybe at yeah, some point. Yeah, once in a while, DeMar Rose. Sure. Yeah, no, so you, similar boat. You, you've had those conversations before. The Bucks fans have those about Chris Middleton. And, you know, I just thought tonight was kind of the perfect example of why Chris Middleton is so damn good. Mm-hmm. Like, seven for nine, crazy efficient, keeps the offense moving, as things are going wrong in the fourth quarter, he just kind of calms everyone down and says, okay, mm-hmm. I got this. This is, We're going to make this work. And then defensively, uh, he made as many shots as Kawhi Leonard tonight. Yeah. Kawhi Leonard took 20. Yeah. Chris took nine. Yeah. And Bud mentioned it postgame as well, but Chris spent a whole lot of time on Kawhi. It wasn't all the time. And, you know, Brogdon pitched in and other guys pitched in. But when you saw those other guys pitch in, all you could say was, nope. not big enough. <laughs> like, they're not big enough. Like, yeah. Kawhi had that fourth quarter layup that went right through Brogdon's shoulder. He had that pull-up that I talked about in the first half as well. Like he was getting buckets on guys that weren't Chris Middleton, and when Chris Middleton was in, he was working his ass off. Yeah. Like he had to try to go straight through it. And you know, to me, when when you look at this game, I think a couple of the things you have to remember is Giannis five fouls. Yeah. DJ Wilson stepping up in a major way, and then Chris Middleton on the night that he gets his first All Star appearance, letting everyone know. This is why. Yeah. This is why right here. For sure. I want to touch on Middleton and some matchup stuff in just a sec, but let's remind everyone to check out the Locked On Podcast Network on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you follow at Locked On NBA Net or at Locked On NFL Net, you're going to get all the hosts from each of those networks just retweeted in your feed. You're not going to go follow all 60 hosts or whatever it is. <laughs> you're gonna just going to get the premium basketball-related fresh podcast, live tweets during crazy trade reactions like what was going on this afternoon with Dallas and New York and the Lakers and the Pelicans and all that stuff. It's just going to be retweeted right into your feed so follow at locked on nba net or nfl net on twitter and on instagram just little snippets of the biggest stories of the day little 30 to 60 seconds there's some clips. good ones probably some bucks or raptors maybe this is on there maybe you're listening maybe you're hearing this on the instagram post i don't know why there would be the advertising about the instagram post on the instagram probably but unlikely sure yes. you can definitely check it out and you'll probably get that nice little way to liven up your instagram feed uh with that locked on nba net or at locked on nfl net as well The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Middleton, I think, is an interesting guy to kind of pivot off of because it seems like he is sort of the swing dude for this matchup. And there's a lot of different, like, a, thing, a lot of things kind of come off of him. And so 
I talked about this yesterday. I was talking to Jordan Treskid behind the Buck Pass, and we were talking about sort of how the Raptors are using their defensive resources against the Bucks. And I think tonight it wasn't really anything steadfast by any means. Like I, there was a lot of Kawhi on Middleton, Kawhi on Giannis, whatever. Um, I hated all the possessions where Kawhi was guarding Giannis because it just feels like a waste because no one's stopping Giannis. There was one, uh, like, Giannis had the big drop step on, on, on Kawhi, and he went up for a dunk. It was like, yeah, like it doesn't matter. Kawhi's a great defender. It's just not going to matter against yeah. Giannis. And I think, I don't know, I'm wondering how you think about this in terms of just, like, the matchup. Say this is a conference finals matchup down the road. What do you think is the smartest way to defend the Bucks? This is the age-old question of, like, you know, do you, like, let Giannis or LeBron or whoever it is get theirs, or do you sort of focus in on your guys, uh, other guys, and sort of allocate your resources that way and because the Raptors have a Siakam or an Ibaka or an OG Ananobi who barely played tonight but he's still there to maybe throw at Giannis and just be a body in his way do you think it's smarter for Kawhi to just sort of hang out and try to shut down Middleton because of all the things you just said about what Middleton is to this Bucks team last time the Bucks and Raptors played or maybe it was two times ago uh, Middleton had I think like a night where it was like 14 points mm-hmm. Six or seven assists and a couple rebounds, and everyone's just like, "Oh, you need more out of your second guy." And you know, like you could look at the matchup data and see that, well, Kawhi had him eighty percent of the game. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me that night, I was arguing with Frank. I was like, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that I'm automatically just gonna say Chris is gonna have a bad game because Kawhi's covering him. But if we're not putting that. In, like if we're not factoring that in, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Like the the best defender on the planet covering you should mean you're probably gonna have a worse game. Mm-hmm. Other than if you're superhuman in Giannis, like yeah. in in Giannis's case, like he's probably gonna work through it. He's also probably a little bit too big for Kawhi. Yeah, uh, he's gotten really good at those post moves. You mentioned the drop step hammer he had on yeah. him tonight. Like I just don't think Kawhi's gonna be able to do anything with that. So um, it's actually interesting that. I don't. I don't think of Kawhi as a Giannis matchup at all, yeah. and it, just because Giannis is so strong and so big, and he can play through so much contact that mm-hmm. even someone as strong as Kawhi Leonard, he's just not going to feel. Like he's just gotten really good at using his footwork, using his pivots, and working through guys. That I think you do have to go Middleton, and then um, I mean, there's certainly been times where I think Siakam has bothered Giannis yeah I, I for sure I don't want to say he shut him down because that's no not a thing that, that. that happens no. uh but like there's been times where he's been frustrated against yeah. him and Abaka's had moments against him as well and OG might be the best of all three of them correct. against Giannis like, yeah, like last year he had some moments that agreed were like, oh okay yeah, sure 19 know. year old boy like no 100 okay. yeah. all three of those guys are the bottom to me that's how you defend Giannis is yeah you you don't give him the same look all night long. You throw multiple looks at him, you throw multiple players at him, and when all those guys kind of get a chance at him, it makes him think every time he has the ball. And the, the worst thing that you can have with Giannis is that he's simply reacting. Because mm-hmm. if he's simply reacting, that means he knows what's going to happen. That means he can think a couple steps ahead. That means he's going to put you under the rim, he's going to put it on your head. Like, that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. So if you can make him think through all of his rotations and think, okay, what's he going to do here? If you're getting some of that, that makes it a, a lot tougher on him. Again, you're not, you're not going to stop him, but you're going to make it tough on him. And that's, I mean, that's more than half the battle with Giannis. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of surprised we didn't see more Giannis on Kawhi tonight either. I mean, most of the, the fourth quarter crunch time, he was guarding Siakam. And no, it's like, funny. Oh, I, I, oh, oh, I, oh, sure. <laughs> I've had this conversation. I actually just had this conversation with Matt Moore when I was in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kawhi and Giannis are very different defenders. Yeah. Kawhi is going to be shut down one-on-one. Like, you are not scoring. 
Like yeah. I, I'm Kawhi Leonard. I have you. You're not scoring. Yeah. Giannis is not that at all. The big problem with Giannis is like he's obviously he's the Greek freak, so he has massive limbs. Mm-hmm. So if he's trying to cover on the ball and you throw a ball screen at him, like he's probably going to hit that screen True. because he can't get through it. Like his body's just too big. Like mm-hmm. there's too much stuff to get through. So all you want him to do is just destroy the world on the backside. Like yeah. just hang out on the backside have someone that you can play off a little bit and I mean that's why I think Siakam so often gets the Bucks can kind of get off because they're just giving them practice threes that yeah. hey man that's yours like yeah. Giannis isn't going to cover you out there yeah. he's going to try to stay close to the rim if you get those shots so um, yeah I don't think Giannis will really ever cover Kawhi like I, that's just not something that the Bucks do mm-hmm. it's such a fascinating matchup just like there's so many weird intricacies like where does Danny Green fit into all of it defensively when he's not got the runs <laughs> um, Norm Powell what do Bucks fans think of Norm Powell they can't love him <laughs> no no there was there was a lot of I mean obviously there's a lot of bad feelings with Norm Powell because the Bucks had the pick that was Norm Powell um, so and OG also don't forget and, that. and OG as well uh, so uh, how did Grievous work Grievous now uh, not I'm shimming somewhere, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, no, it, it just – those two are sore subjects for the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think Norm struggling in the last uh, year or so. Yeah. Uh, when he was hitting, like, 48% of his quarter threes, yeah. Bucks fans were really, really mad. Yeah. And now they're like, okay, it'd be nice to have that pick. Yeah. But they're not as angry. It also probably helps that DJ Wilson's actually playing and playing well. Mm-hmm. And Sterling Brown's been playing and playing well. And Malcolm Brogdon's been fine. Like, all of that helps. Um, but, no, there are still lots of sore feelings <laughs> on both of those picks. He's only good against the Bucks, as it turns out. Although, he, he feels like, I don't know, 10 straight games, he's had exactly 10 points, which is pretty much all you need from Norm at this point. That's he's actually been, like, the only... Source of like consistent, reliable. Yeah, if you're playing 25 minutes a night, yeah. you get 10 points. That, yeah, that's very helpful. I want to ask you, what are your thoughts on Fred VanVleet? Because this has been a thing Raptors fans have been like hammering their heads against the table all year long for. And so I don't. I think Nick Nurse is a fine coach. It's his first year. I don't know how good a coach he is. It's just we're 53 games into it. We'll, we'll see. Um, but there have been some things recently that have kind of bothered me. And in particular, and in fairness, part of it tonight was due to Danny Green going out early and Fred coming in to play with the starters. But what is your opinion of how Fred looked with the starters? Because for me, it's like pulling teeth. Because for some reason, with Kyle and Kawhi on the floor and Pascal, they keep having Fred initiate everything and he just dribbles it into the dirt for 30 seconds. And it's just, okay, (laughs) I'm done with this. I'd like to see him play with the bench unit, where he was actually pretty good tonight. I don't know. How, how, do you, how did you view that as someone who maybe hasn't seen that phenomenon play out? Uh, for Bucks fans, that sounds like the deli dilemma. Um, <laughs> the, the Bucks used to do that all the time, where they, for some reason, or I shouldn't say for some reason, they needed some minutes at point guard. They'd bring mm-hmm. in deli, and then um, instead of letting their good players initiate, they would let deli initiate, and then essentially teams would just say, that's... That's the guy you wanted to initiate? Okay, sounds great. He can hold on to the ball and dribble it into the ground. We're not going to let these other guys touch the ball. Yeah. And I think largely that's what you're speaking to in many ways is that, you know, teams are just going to say, okay, fine. Yeah. You want Fred? Then? Yeah. yeah. Fred can have the ball. That's totally cool. So, yeah, I, w- I would agree. There, there didn't seem to be a lot of chemistry there, um, which – you know, it's kind of strange thinking back to the last time these two teams played when Lowry was out and 
Van Vliet just destroyed the Bucks. Yeah. He just absolutely killed them. But it is probably, you know, adding one more personality into it, one more person that wants the ball, and yeah. then everything kind it of It invites away. just, like, less optimal things than could happen if you just let the best players on the floor have the ball in their hands. So uh, if I have an issue with Nick Nurse, it's that, you know, I had a couple people talking to me tonight about, like, his lineups and stuff. And, like, yeah, he's trying some weird stuff out, right? Sure. He's got to. And uh, I think... It's fair to criticize when he goes back to stuff that doesn't work because the whole thing about this season is like trying stuff out to see if it works. And if it works, stick with it. If it doesn't, try to throw it away. And lately it seems like he keeps going back to stuff that we kind of know doesn't work. Um, and, you know, it, it's, a tough, it's a tough thing to manage, right? Because last year people were so mad about Dwayne Casey not ever trying new things. <laughs> Just like the, yes. the same rotation every single game for four years. And like Nick Nurse is obviously quite the counter to that. I still think he's in the f- process of figuring things out. And, like, look, man, they're still working dudes back in. There's, they still haven't been totally healthy. Maybe that They've excuse runs dry at some points. But, like, yeah. it's just, yeah, I, I think some time needs to be given there. But that is one thing, if I have a real gripe with, is just, like, stop inviting that to happen. Have Fred just play with bench guys. Um, one more for you. Thawne. There was no Thaw Ontario tonight. There, there was, was no 25-point, 6-3 performance from Thaw. There was not. He's requested a trade. Yes. Is he going to tra- get traded for Marquise Chris? Like, what's going on here um, <laughs> in, the, in the, 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 the battle of the most hilarious trade requests? Uh, what's going on there? Should Raptors fans put to bed their fear of Thaw destroying them at a later date in the playoffs? Like, what's going on here? Um, I, Thaw will not get traded. Um, he has no leverage, <laughs> literally none. Yeah. The Bucks have no reason to trade him, and when you look at their upcoming summer, the entire starting lineup needs a new contract, yeah. and that includes Brook Lopez, who is going to get quite a raise. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to get paid quite a bit more money, and you know, as you think through all of that, well, if that's the case, maybe the Bucks can't afford him. Yeah. And, you know what has really been good for the Bucks this year? Someone that can shoot threes at the five. Yeah. And that would be Thon Maker. And again, he won't he won't do it to the same level as Brooke Lopez, but he's one hell of an insurance policy mm. um, where that, that could really help out. So um, Thon will not get traded. I, I honestly, I, I tweeted out tonight, and I've talked about it on the last couple of podcasts, but I think his team totally misplayed his hand. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he would have played certainly tonight. Ursan was that bad. How could he not uh, play tonight? He destroys the Raptors every time he plays them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he's the Bucks norm. <laughs> no, no, he is, he is a Raptors killer, no doubt, no doubt about that. But, I mean, in the last week, Ursan's been especially bad. Mm-hmm. Previously, like the last month or so, he's been not good. And, you know, as those things start to pile up, Bud has shown the, the whole year, except for Ursan to this point, that he'll go to someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll he'll bring someone else in and give them a, a good long look. And I think Thon in the last three or four games would have got some run, but he requested that trade. Mm-hmm. And because he did it publicly, now all Bud's going to do, like, Bud isn't going to set the precedent that if you complain about your playing time and then I play you a day later, mm-hmm. well, it may not be the case. It may just be that more playing time was needed for you. What are people going to say? Like, oh, if I'm not playing, I should publicly request a trade and then Bud's going to play me? Like, mm-hmm. that could be the look. And I don't think Bud is going to give Thon's team that satisfaction. And again, that might be stubborn. That might be um, foolhardy because you're playing Ursan, who's actively not playing well at the moment. But I do think that that's kind of the message being sent right now that, hey, you. You can't do. You can't act like that and expect to play. 
That train request carries about the same weight as, you know when you're playing the show and you're doing your road to the show and you get traded from like the Reds to the Rays and you're like, I don't want to play for the Rays, I'm going to request another trade. And then there's like, haha, idiot, you're going to go to single A now. That's kind of what it feels like a little bit with Thoughts. So uh, we'll see how that all works out. We will see uh, how this whole matchup thing works out, hopefully sometime in the playoffs. That'd be fun. You've been here like the coldest week in the history of Mars. Um, Funny (laughs) enough, my Uber driver, uh, when I first got into the airport, he was like, oh, man, I hope you didn't come from somewhere warm. And I was like, actually, I came from somewhere colder. And he was like, that's impossible. I'm like... Really wish it was because it was <laughs> negative fifty with wind chill yeah. in Milwaukee. So yeah. I, I'm not gonna say it was balmy, but it, <laughs> it, I, I could actually go outside here, so that was okay. Yeah, this was uh, pretty much the weather that was here for All Star Weekend, and then like a week later, it was 12 degrees Celsius, yes. so like 50 something Fahrenheit. Yeah. Uh, and like, and everyone's like, "No, it wasn't. You're lying. You're just you're just trying to make it seem better." No, no, no. Seriously, yeah, it's it supposed was. to be like eight degrees on Monday, so uh, hopefully. Just yeah, hopefully you haven't soured. Oh, the most important question. We were talking a little bit on the internet before. Sure. What have you eaten since you got here? Oh, wow. Um, I went to a place called Duke's Refresher and Bar, which was equidistant between where I was and where Matt Velasquez was. Okay. Uh, so we both decided that we could walk and brave it. Uh, so we walked there. And our rule is on the road that if you walk, then that means you can eat worse. Hell yeah. Um, so <laughs> if you Uber, then, you know, you got to watch yourself. Right. But if you walk, you can let yourself go a little bit. So uh, we had a little poutine. It, it was delicious. Uh, we split that like an adorable couple. <laughs> uh, so so we had that. And uh, then today I had uh, Burrito Banditos. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, One of the more noble chains, I would say. They're, it, they're pretty good. It was fantastic. It was a great burrito. And... Uh, you know, it felt very Toronto mm-hmm. uh, because it was like the the multicultural experience you'd expect in Toronto. Because as I walked in, uh, they were blaring Mac Miller's Tiny Desk concert, <laughs> which was just a strange thing to walk into. Uh, and then uh, an Asian woman took my order. Mm-hmm. There was a black guy on the grill. Yeah. And then a French woman was the one that was like... Uh, putting the things on my burrito so it was like <laughs> this perfect like toronto like that toronto is what, owns man it's the I, best I, it is the absolute best i hope best. you get to come back here in may where it's uh i would love to like 15 degrees out yes sometimes maybe there'll be some frostbite warning overnight but that's okay uh, <laughs> but i've been through worse yeah no it should be uh i hope that's what happens the, i'm sick of the celtics man the celtics that don't deserve anything good the sixers hate each other and are drama queens i would like to see the raptors and bucks in the conference finals i'm with you it's a tough matchup it would be terrifying it'd be, going it'd up be, against Giannis yes. is uh seven games of just yeah butt clenching yeah like just uh yes. the odd what exactly what danny green had tonight for seven games oh, <laughs> walked right into that one uh yeah this was good man it's good to have you on we i appreciate will, uh, it i'm sure reconvene if the playoffs lead that direction that would be great here uh so your eric name at eric name at eric underscore name oh, yeah, nehm you didn't get name. the original eric name no i like the way it looks better okay fair enough i don't i don't like just i mean i can't talk i have at woodley sean because sean woodley's taken by some dude in australia who has like a follower it's messed up it's a bummer i hate it um so that's where you can find us you can find locked on bucks and locked on raptors on itunes stitcher spotify google play all the places you get your podcasts please subscribe to those podcasts please subscribe to all the other podcasts as well and your ratings and reviews really do matter they're great for algorithms and making us feel yep. good and making us more visible so thank you so much uh for taking the time to do that and that's gonna do it thank you so much for listening to locked on buck tours 
Sure, sure, why not? <laughs> Have a good night, everybody. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.